1: Welcome back to another episode of Off the Clock, podcast made the Johnsonville way. I am your host, Joe Horsemeyer, and today I am with none other than Austin Madden. Austin, how are you? Good, Joe. How are you? I'm, I'm well. Thanks for asking. So Austin, you come to us kind of new to Johnsonville-ish, not quite, but there's a long story for that and I'll let you take, take it over from there. So what is your Johnsonville story?
0: My, my Johnsville, oh, wow, it's st- my Johnsville story, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he literally like had the to big one. Yeah. <laughs> um, well it's, it's funny enough. Like my Johnsonville story, you could say started in the early two thousands, potentially. Ooh. Uh, um, pray tell. Yes. So as a, a young boy, um, we lied, sick, we sick from school or maybe not actually sick, <laughs> um, <laughs> By would, the way,
1: does your mom know this story? Because I, I don't want you to get in trouble. Oh,
0: I mean. Okay. It'll be fine, Joe. Okay, all right, all right. But, yes, um, so y- y- young boy um, being sick from school, uh, but his mom needs to still go to work, so she brings her uh, kid into the office, and this would be at Johnsonville of all places. Okay-o. And actually, uh, Countryside, the backside of Countryside, oh, okay. was where... I believe the supply chain used to. Be oh, absolutely! Now, yeah. now mm-hmm. down in uh, HQ two sure, in the sure. basement mm-hmm. um, where they have Which, them. When you say basement, it sounds
1: like dingy and dirty, but really, but it's, it's very a, nice. It's a beautiful, it's like beautiful big windows and everything. Yeah. It Overlooks a pond. <laughs> I does. mean, it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome. Not quite um, the
1: backside of countryside.
0: No. <laughs> no but but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where my my Johnsonville story m- could have started. Um, that's amazing. From a work standpoint. Uh, my Johnsonville story started the summer after high school. Um, so I was working in Meadowside uh, packaging okay. on Coax and Line 3, mm-hmm. um, doing all sorts of stuff there. And then for a day, I worked in Countryside stacking pallets Woo! on the Sunrise line. Nice. And on my lunch break, I got lost uh trying to find that what? <laughs> this is yeah a funny story you're like i'm still lost funny to this story day. i go into meadowside and uh this is through staff management um, okay so yeah, yeah. kind of wherever you're needed in oh, the yeah. day um and they're like hey, we need somebody for countryside and uh i was picked or i, I volunteered um, and went over there and basically was like okay get get to the line because we need to like stack the boxes onto the pallets uh So I was doing that, and it was kind of a quick, let's just find our way out there. And uh, I couldn't find my way back. Um, But, you know, talk to one of the. What year was this? This would be like 2017. I was
1: at Countryside at this time. Yeah, straight up. Wow. So I don't. Maybe I saw this kid wandering around. Yeah. (laughs) Wow.
0: Okay. Well, obviously. I didn't last long at Countryside. One day. Okay.
1: All right. All right. But, hey, I bet you stacked the junk out of that pallet. Oh, huh?
0: it was it was honestly the best day of that summer uh, because we had one of the boom boxes right by the, the station. So <laughs> I was just jamming out to, like, I think it was 94.5, just rock ah, hits. Boom.
1: All right. That sounds very typical for a sunrise line. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Good. All right. So I'm going to back you up, if you don't mind. Okay. We don't want to live too long in your Johnsonville story. Yeah. Uh, but you haven't even gotten to where you are now. No, yeah. So but I would like to know. When when your mom would bring you into work yeah. what would you do
0: <laughs> What would I do that's a great question Joe mm-hmm. uh coloring I coloring books or what Yeah I mean it was weird so the way I'm thinking of it is she had a cubicle kind of in the back side of this you know open space yeah, um yeah, okay. kind of like basically your your cubicle mm-hmm. but Behind her was a window into another set of offices, yeah. and there was—I don't know who the the guy was, but he would like periodically pop his head over and like make faces at me. Really, and stuff like, I, this is like a, <laughs> this is a vivid memory that I'm having right now uh, of this. But I wonder if yeah, it was Gary just, Rashi. I, I wonder if that, too, that means, I, or could have been Todd.
1: I, t- who kn- who knows yeah, who it was yeah, I?
0: Know. I i would i think i asked my mom this like a few months ago or something like that and didn't get it she didn't know who it was so it's it's probably lost in mm -hmm, in In the the archives right annals of time annals of time yeah uh so i was just literally hanging out um but what was so cool is that you know walking through and this is where uh you know, they shared a lunchroom with, you know, the production floor members and yep. walking through and everybody knows her name. And then yeah. everyone knows who I am, weirdly. Oh. So just kind of that first um, experience with like the Johnsonville culture and yeah. everybody being uh, a family was mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know, just a, as a five, six, seven year old kid that like that kind of sticks cool. with you, though, yeah. because you feel like, hey, my mom's an important person, even, you know, in the grand scheme.
1: <laughs> Have you ever told her that? Mom, you're an important person. No, but,
0: you know, just that... Now's your time. Everybody knowing who each yeah, yeah. other is. Like, okay. It's cool. Good, good.
1: All right, so then, fast forward. Fast forward. You get lost the Countryside. You find your way out eventually. Yes, and yeah. I,
0: find, I go back to college, graduate, okay. finish up.
1: Uh, <laughs> you're like, wow, I intern- really need to get that degree done. Yes, yeah. Uh, m-
0: meanwhile, interned a couple of times uh, back at Johnsonville uh, in the supply chain and then in finance uh, yada, 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 get back, uh, finish my degree and start in what's our rotational program for the okay. finance team. Um, so I was doing that and basically I rotate through all the four functions of finance. So cost, FP&A, our commercial team, yeah. um, and then our compliance team, mm-hmm. which is just traditional accounting. Um, so I did that for a year, uh, and it was it was great it was just tremendous experience of kind of being able to go through all of those different areas and in one year it's uh probably the best if, if i would advocate for a job out of college for for a finance person who's not going into the world of banking or investments things like that uh try to find a rotational program because wow. it'll just kind of supercharge your understanding of all of the areas and what you actually want to do. Yeah. Um, so fast forward uh, a year through that, and then I moved into kind of outside of finance. So it's a two-year rotational program, and most of the finance rotational programs are all in finance. But the unique thing about Johnsonville is they want you outside to un- better understand the business so you can be sure. a, a better finance business partner. Yep. Uh, so my first stop outside was in marketing, uh, our SINA team to okay. be exact. Okay. So what I was doing there was a lot of um, analyzing our the IRI data um, mm. that that we get, um, which just tracks point of sale scan data. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it's there's a lot of uh, fancy terms that go around. The
1: I, honestly, that just seems daunting to me. Like point of sale. Like, are, are were you tracking every package that was bought
0: for sausage? Wow. I mean, we make sausage, we we make sausage <laughs> and, and we, we get that data from IRI to huh. see, you know, where, where are we selling more, uh, products, um, at the different stores and by geography Interesting. and yeah. So it was really cool, uh, with that team learning, you yeah. know, all that data and all of the different, you know, kind of intricacies of, of it. Did you um, work with Luke Johnson? Did yeah okay yeah
1: have you caught his episode? I I
0: haven't caught his okay, uh, newest check it episode out, yet. Check
1: it out; it's it's pretty good. Did you know that he ties flies? He ties flies. Yeah, like fly fishing, like the the little oh. flies. That, yeah, he started doing that. Really, that's just a thing. But anyways, we're here to talk about you today, not Luke. <laughs> he's he's a goofy guy. He, so I I like
0: Luke a lot. Is, he's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was just doing that, and uh, there's really kind of I was doing that for about six months. Uh, and I'm supposed to have another six months outside of that program, but uh, the Riverside cost analyst position opened up and uh, debating wh- what to do. Do I continue through the last six months of this program or do I kind of put my hat into uh, that job, uh, one that I really want and for my overall development is yeah. is pretty crucial? Mm-hmm. Um, threw it in and thankfully got the job, and so the, for the past, what, three months, I've been... Over at Riverside and, and also Lakeside, um, kind of doing the cost analysis. i was just thinking,
1: three months only. Like it, it seems like you've been with us a while now. Yeah, and
0: it's been great, by the way. Not that it's like, oh
1: boy, it's been a long Thank time. Thank you, Joe. No. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad time's not stopping because uh, uh, we're doing a bad is, job.
1: Honestly, you already have a storied career. Like a I, storied <laughs> career. <laughs> I I knew about your rot- rotational deal. But I didn't know about all the other fun stuff. So I'm really glad that you broke all yeah. that down. That's,
0: uh, yeah, I've been in, call it, four different functions of of Johnsonville. Exactly. Kinda that crazy. rotational
1: thing I think is really cool because, like, we have one in R&D. We have one for finance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's basically Johnsonville's way of helping, um, you know, new employees or, or new members, new people into the workforce mm-hmm. um, where, on, you know, uh, on a resume it says uh how many years of work do, you know like experience yeah. do you have that Johnsonville way of being like we'll, we'll give you a hand with that yeah. you know so that's really cool awesome well then hey in all your time i know you actually just you alluded to it briefly uh when you were seven years old but in all your time at johnsonville what would you say is your favorite part about working at johnsonville
0: i think it's just the people okay right it's um I'll just kind of give a quick, new to me, right, but uh, Kurt Narika, uh, who latest episode of Off uh, off the Clock, um, just kind of he'll, – he'll stop by my office and just kind of give a knock on the door and we'll just start talking about something completely random, not Johnsonville-specific at all. And you'll just fast-forward 20 minutes and you've had an entire conversation. And it, I don't know, it just – loosens the brevity of you know working in a corporate environment yeah, right if yeah. if that sounds scary for some of you it's really not but sometimes it can well, get a you're little also
1: in numbers so you're constantly yeah. in the weeds and so for someone like the one and only kurt <laughs> narika to stop in and be like hey austin let's yeah chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah it's it's the people okay. for sure so now uh, actually kurt was like when you start a newer role at johnsonville you you do get a buddy we call them buddies yep you know now we on the floor we have trainers and then we have you know buddies for corporate and um i i just have to share this with all the audience okay uh because i did invite kurt to be on today uh and he he hem hawed i think that's the right word to use he never really answered me but i just basically said hey kurt you, you joining us you know and um he said he got pulled into, you know, a very, very important meeting. Far oh, more of important than, than you or I. Uh, and I, now, a little backstory for the folks at home. Kurt, for Christmas, <laughs> we're going to get a picture of this thing and put it up. But Hand drew a, f- <laughs> a, a, a picture of, of both of us. It's quite amazing. <laughs> I mean, are you guys flexing in it or
0: like? Yes, we are.
1: <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, I, I, I broke the news to Austin that, hey, Kurt will not be joining us today. And and Austin, one of his, his first reaction was, I'm taking his picture down. Yes. And I, I let Kurt know. And he said, we make a lot of ha-ha jokes, <laughs> but I never joke about that. I understand he's upset but I must ask that he take
0: that comment back. <laughs> I think he loves you, buddy. Well, you know, cooler heads always do prevail, <laughs> Joe. I think that's that's good words of wisdom to live by. So, Kurt. But in this instance? I'm, I'm keeping the picture up. Oh.
1: Wow, buddy. Kurt. Kurt, you, wow. You, you really did. You caught him. You caught him hook, line, and sinker. Which is a big deal for Kirk because he likes to fish for carp. But um, anyways, Austin, uh, I really appreciate your Johnsonville story. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're keeping the darn picture up. Uh, we will get it uh, that, that hung up, though, folks. It's going to be great. <laughs> well, Austin... I thoroughly appreciate that breakdown of your Johnsonville story. Uh, I have never met anyone who's worked at Johnsonville since seven years old. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that's amazing, and we're so happy to have you on our Riverside team right now and at Johnsonville overall. Uh, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about your off-the-clock story, which is a blog that you it, – it's a sports blog?
0: it specifically sports analytics centered around oh the Wisconsin goodness. Badgers. Okay. If, if we want to get specific, Joe.
1: We are. We are absolutely going to get specific. We're going to get so far into the weeds that I'm not even going to know what we're yeah. talking about. So when let me ask you this. When you've seen The Matrix. Yes. Okay. You are a wizard, by the way, when it comes to numbers. I have sat in a couple meetings with you, and I think you do a phenomenal job. When you look at anything that you're breaking down analytically, mm-hmm. do you see things like the matrix where it's just zeros and ones popping down?
0: <laughs> no, I'm not an AI robot.
1: Okay, well, you know, I I've seen your spreadsheets too and it's like, wow. And you you literally put them together in moments. So, I don't are you sure you're Excel's not a
0: powerful to... tool? Got I it. would <laughs> I would just I would tip my cap to the to the folks over at Microsoft, Joe. <laughs>
1: Okay, so then let's break down the analytics. The uh, what's the name of your blog?
0: Uh, so the name of my blog is Guard Your Fickle's Newsletter. Stop it! Okay. Stop it right now.
1: Guard, so guard your fickle's. So okay, we now can. You're that's have to probably, tell me about that. that's
0: probably a great place to start. Yeah. Let's Why do that. is it called Guard Your Fickle? And and that's a great and if question. If anybody's Joe.
1: looking for a Wisconsin Badger blog. Are they going to know to look up yeah. well in here it's okay, it's kind let's of break a it yep. it's kind
0: of a play on the the two coaches' names for the basketball team and the football team. So okay. Okay. the basketball coach for Wisconsin is Greg Guard. Oh. Spelled G A R D. Um and then I've kind of just played the play on that is guard your and then it's the last name of the Wisconsin football coach. What a witty character we have here. Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, so the the funny thing about this is, um, I don't know if you followed the Wisconsin football team over the past season, but they've gone through three coaches in the span of three months. So they started. Really? Yeah. So they started the 2022 season with Paul Christ as okay. their coach. So the original name of the blog newsletter uh, was Guard Your Christ. Okay. Um <laughs> He got fired in October, um, five games through through the season, um, and then there was an interim coach, Jim Leonard, who is the defense coordinator. So I changed, and I get one f- through this uh, platform that I use, Substack, which is a pretty common, I feel like, uh, blog platform nowadays. Okay. Um, okay. You get one free domain name change. Um, that doesn't break any of your links. Um, oh. So – Changed it to Gardner Leonard, um, ah. thinking, "Hey, you know he's a very uh, up and coming coach, uh, very highly sought after. I think the Green Bay Packers actually wanted him really uh, to be their defensive coordinator for this season, but he turned it down to stay at Wisconsin. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I thought, hey, this is a safe bet. Like changing the name. Uh, needless to say, in On Thanksgiving around that time uh, they moved away from Jim Leonard as being named the head coach and they hired Luke fickle Um, so here is now the the hopefully for a long period of time the name of the blog is guard your fickle okay how
1: how, were you able to change
0: I was I was able to change that uh, domain and but unfortunately all the links to the old articles that I've posted you know Twitter and other places are, are not broken too. well but that's old news it, it is old news and th- they can they can find it yeah it's yeah.
1: that's the thing i found about sports like if you do we we did a couple uh jeff Verhelst and i we did a couple podcasts with jamie diener on mm-hmm. uh the packers back in uh, 2017 or whatever it was when they were you know like running the table or you know oh, yeah, yeah. doing his whole relax thing and and i'll never forget, like we'd, we'd put out this content and then literally the moment it's out it's already out of date you know what i mean yeah so tell me about that what is the what does your week look like leading up to a blog post yeah
0: it's uh i would i would estimate the the time i spend on the blog from like watching the games right uh the badger sports games which are two hours for a basketball game give or take plus uh for a football game it's probably around three hours to maybe three and a half, depending on uh, how much scoring is happening, things like that. Um, So that's just watching the games. Then it's about kind of getting all of the the statistics um, from the different sources that I use um, and then kind of compiling them into, you know, the Excel wizard spreadsheets, as you you might call them. (laughs) Um, And then kind of putting those out in, you know, visualizations, graphs, things like that. Um, probably adds another two hours per post. Um, and then to like actually write the blog itself and give the commentary and analysis. Yeah. That's probably another hour and a half per. Okay. So on a weekly, I post probably twice, twice a week. Huh. Um, so it's probably a good, a good 10 hours to maybe, maybe 12 so yeah, it, I know what it takes to put out a podcast. I can't
1: imagine actually studying analytics and doing all kinds of st- – like, what are you
0: writing about? I, well, yeah, so I kind of uh, – <laughs> so for the – I guess for the football, right, um, I, I wouldn't say I'm as well-versed into X's and O's type of stuff and okay, okay. what <laughs> what things y- I should be looking for and analyzing as I do for the basketball. The basketball stuff is – if I can give a plug is is cool stuff. Okay. Um but can from we,
1: can we pause for a second? You mentioned going out and getting your degree. Did you get it from Madison?
0: No. No, I went to Whitewater.
1: So then why did you
0: pick Always so uh, always been a Badger fan. Got it. Um, okay. That's just I mean,
1: really, it's that easy. It's nothing. Yeah. You know, I also have been a Badger fan my entire. I think it's. I just live in Wisconsin. Yeah. You know. So what else are you gonna do?
0: Yeah. And my my dad is huge influence on like me being involved in sports, playing and watching. Uh, just a huge, massive Badger fan. Uh, okay. funny story, when in our old house we had this like really old school kind of uh, boombox stereo player, okay. and when we would watch the Badgers, we would and they would win we would put on uh like this fight quasi fight song from the badgers and we would like run around the house like <laughs> crazy kind of uh fans so it yeah, seems that,
1: like a frat house situation <laughs> as a child
0: <laughs> no no it was it was it was it was fun it was fun how uh, many badger
1: games have you made it to have i made it to and watched uh in terms of like uh, Obviously Physically got, in the stands. Yeah, and there's obviously football and basketball. Yeah, but, so... Uh,
0: f- five, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I I actually don't prefer to watch... To be there. To be there, no, yeah. I like yeah. watching on, on the TV. Okay. Which is weird for some people, but...
1: Well, not necessarily. I, I remember my last Packer game I went to... Um, it was, of course, it's cold, you know, and so, and I I think we lost, you know, and I was just like I, I could have done this on my couch, yeah, you know, so I I get what you're saying there, <clears throat> absolutely, but uh, and two for someone like you to dial in all these, you know, stats and all the things, are yeah, you I, sitting there with like a whole bunch of
0: it's it's I I have laptop up and I'm tracking certain things, uh, especially on the football front that uh that I'm currently like as part of the analytics and blog like things that I think are important um, that I can't get from outside data sources. So that's kind of a interesting. Th- so I get a lot of the statistics from kind of third party sources call it. So there's these people who um, are far in a way better at like data science coding and things like that and compiling all of these stats and, and doing things like that. So I just kind of outsource doing any of that stuff and wow. just kind of um then,
1: like they're partners with you no no oh, no they, do they even they do know their, that you're pulling? they're
0: like um so one of them's pro football focus oh so they're like they do this for broad commercial use Got but i just okay, okay, take okay. the stats and kind of plug them in to okay. my own stuff cool um and then from uh, a basketball standpoint there's of uh, three major ones that I use. Mm-hmm. So there's something called Ken Palm. So there's a guy, his name's Ken Pomeroy. I, I think by trade, he's a meteorologist. Wow. Which is crazy. I, I don't know if I'm getting that right or wrong, mm-hmm. Um, but he's just super into data analytics. And um he started KenPom.com in like 2002, I think it was. Okay. And he just tracks a number of um, different, Kind of advanced analytics for college basketball, so I subscribe to him and get all my a lot of my data from there. I also follow something called shot quality, which and like I'm trying to like not get too far into the weeds because we could be here for like (laughs) literally three hours talking about these things. But essentially, what essentially what they do is they try to grade shot attempts on a kind of an extra layer. Call it a second derivative. So a lot of what people think is um, a a guy is taking a a three-point shot and he shoots it at 33.33 percent right but there's different characteristics to that shot how far away is the defender is it off the dribble or is it off a pass and they take a lot of these different things into account and they give it that shot uh, a quality factor or essentially these pluses and minuses of those different components increases or decreases the percentage of that shot going in so and again right this is joe joe <laughs> I, your, your eyes are are uh, pretty no, wide right now and but
1: i am over here like i just watched the game yeah but that's a thing it's straight up yeah as a matter of fact the other day i was thinking about because you know in, in the nfl they've got these ai commercials where they're mm-hmm. they're literally crunching the numbers yes. in real time and all this stuff and I was thinking like, oh, my gosh, there have to be millions of data points for that very thing. Like, yeah. if, it, if that guy was able to make a catch, but the defender was in his face or he made that catch and he was all by himself or he was running at this speed, you know, it, I can't even. And yeah. you're doing it all by hand or no, I'm pulling? not doing it. to. Oh, okay. So
0: I think and <laughs> I not any like if you called it percentile, I'm probably like two percentile and understanding like ai machine learning things like that but i think what these people are doing is it's called computer vision and then the, it's like a neural network okay these are <laughs> these are extreme <laughs> buzzwords folks but um essentially what they're doing is taking all of those things into consideration and building a model based on what you can see visually mm-hmm. so that's what they're doing yeah. things way outside my depth Got it. So that's why I outsource it. But I'm using them. And then there's another th- thing that I subscribe to. It's called CBB Analytics, College Basketball Analytics. Okay. And essentially it's a lot of redundant data to the Ken Palm, but they do some interesting visualization stuff that Ken Palm doesn't. Wow. And I like to use that. So.
1: Okay, so you get all of this. I wanted to back up
0: before mm-hmm. I paused you
1: there, but I think you actually kind of just jumped into it anyways, which is great because I, I was like, what do you actually write about and all yeah. that fun stuff? So it's basketball and football. You're right. When it, You gather the data, mm-hmm. and then what is the product that comes out?
0: Yeah, so I actually have some of, some of my posts up here. Um, okay. So essentially uh, for things that I'm looking at is – how much this is for football, mm-hmm. right? So what is the frequency of our play type by down and distance? Um so thinking of that is how much do we run on first down? Okay. How Perfect. much do we do a straight drop back to pass? Got it. How many times do we do play action? So faking the run um and or RPO mm-hmm. run pass options, so kind of uh you have the quarterback can actually hand the ball off or they can pull it it. and and throw it, right? It's kind of a relatively new term Mm -hmm. and kind of the last five years of of football. Um, So I'm looking at, like, how much do they run that, those on a down and distance basis, um, and then how many yards per attempt of that play are they getting, and then trying to look at, okay, so let's say we run 80% on first down. Mm -hmm. The Wisconsin Badgers. That's just rough. These are just pure speculation numbers. Um, But they are only gaining two and a half yards per every time they run. But they're running play action, call it, 5% of their um, first down plays. Okay. And they're gaining 10 yards per attempt on each of those. Right? So what I would say is by not running more play action, right, if you're running 80% of your first downs are run plays, the defense by looking at those stats and saying, okay, I got an eight out of 10 bet that you're going to be running the ball. So I'm going to load the box. Um, So if you were to, and that's why there, my contention is that, you know, if you see their play action, RPO percentage, basically faking the run um, is so efficient. You should do that more, but then it gets into the, what is the best optimized mix of that? Yeah. Um, So that's, from a football standpoint, primarily what I was looking at um, for the 2022 season. So
1: you called the Badgers and you're like, "Hey guys, I figured it out." Or well, because I'm sure they have people on their staff doing this. Well, what's right? funny
0: is they actually just posted uh, a role for an analytics like person in their uh, in the football coaching staff. You're not leaving. I did right? not apply oh, okay. for that. So, right. um, in, but in
1: all honesty, though, is this something that really I mean, you're doing it for fun, yes. but like, would this be an ultimate dream of yours to be able to do this?
0: Um, I guess maybe. Okay, like, I mean, we. If, I, if I would
1: love to be a famous person. You know what I mean? But right, it's like, I'm yeah. not saying. It, I mean, this happen. stuff
0: is super fun for me because I'm a yeah. sports junkie and I'm also like in an analytics. You're a wizard, jun- right? N- n- you're not a, a wizard, wizard Harry. No, <laughs> um, but yeah, this to me, this stuff is like. It's basically trying to make logic out of what happens, like the, the chaos that is sports. Yeah. Trying to like bring logic to well, that. Well, I'm over
1: here like if I had a, a coach brain in right now, because as you were talking, I'm like, dude, tell me more. Tell me what I have to do in yeah. these situations. Now, one thing that I've, I'm wondering is now the Badgers is a perfect are a perfect uh, football Badgers are a perfect example this year alone three different coaches yep did those analytics change per human
0: being calling the plays well what's interesting joe is so i look at a lot excuse me uh one of the big things that i look at is the percentage of pass attempts that are play action or run pass option um and in the weeks leading up Right, So the first five games of the season, our play-action RPO percentage was teetering on, call it, 10% to 30%. Mm. Uh, in the week following that, let me just actually get it up so I give the, the accurate number, um, but it jumped extremely high, and we scored the most points we, we did all year. And there's a number of, like, kind of call it back um, data that you, you can cite to say that the number one correlation to um scoring margin is uh passing yards per attempt. Okay. So b- basically the more efficient you can be each time you throw the ball, the 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 better you're going to be. Interesting. Um so sorry, just bringing it up. No, no, um, I mean
1: that obviously makes sense as to why at least the NFL cuz I can't I can't speak to any of this really. I just watch the games for enjoyment. I, I'm not yeah. studying these things but like we when i was growing up back in 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 high school now i get it it's it's high school people aren't throwing as much, i mean we're not d we were d3 um but you ran the ball it was very effective uh you're able to run the ball well you had good blockers up front uh but in terms of the way that the the, the way that football has gone it's passing it's almost Overly passing heavy, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, and is it driven by that statement that you just made there? That in general, if you're efficient with passing, you're gonna score more points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh,
0: I don't have the exact percentage of what was play action RPO, but it was <laughs> See, a, it was a big jump. Uh, um, I, I just it's it's the pressure <laughs> of the podcast, Joe. Um, but essentially, that's one of the big things is. For me, and you can see it within college football, and I have uh, a lot of data in kind of a a corollary post um, with this new coach who got hired, Luke Fickle. They hired a new offensive coordinator, um, and he runs a ton of play-action RPO-type passing concepts. So um, he runs about 42% of his pass plays are play-action RPO, and the Badgers... Um, lived in about a 25%. So we're basically next year we're going to double the amount of call it RPOs that we run. So basically, faking the run, but actually we're gonna pass.
1: So how does an offense? Because obviously, these this data is out there for the mm-hmm. world to see. Uh, for any opponent to see how how does a team combat that you just got to get like Vince Lombardi's like you just got to be really good at what you do
0: well what's what's interesting is that uh my coach Frank Martin is a defensive coordinator for Kakana (laughs) High School (laughs) yes he is so we haven't we haven't um call it gotten too deep into the weeds on this kind of stuff but um I mean there definitely is a a cat and mouse game to understanding when are you going to run in a situation? Yeah. When are you going to pass? When are you going to fake it? Um, what is the depth of the routes that you're going to run? Like there's so many different factors that go into it um, that it's kind of, you got to feel it out, which is like, so anti analytics, yeah, but well, um, it's gotta be a happy dance between the two of them. Yeah. I think in over the, the, the grand scheme of things, call it the most where analytics are probably, the most, all the factors kind of get stripped out is first and 10, right? It's probably yeah, I guess everyone yeah. get, gets into a situation first and 10 to start off any drive on the, barring a penalty. Right. But mm-hmm. it's probably the most frequent play down in distance mm-hmm. that you have. And from my analytics, the amount of play action RPO that you run on first down, um, is like the most efficient play wow. that you could for the Badgers, right? Because yeah. they are such a, their old offense uh, was such a run heavy um, style that okay. anytime you fake the run, I mean, you were just so, so my whole thing uh, throughout this year was like, you have to like press the limits of how much play action is too much where now it's your tendency isn't to run all the time, but now you're like faking the, the run to uh-huh. pass it. Um, but it's just, to me they never tested those limits correctly. Wow. <laughs> do
1: they know that?
0: <laughs> if they read my blog, so <laughs> they're aware.
1: So, uh, real quick, I just want to stay in football for a brief moment. Yeah. Are the same kind of analytics going against defense as well? Is there any way to do that for defense? Um,
0: there's there's probably not as as much um I think a lot of it, it. There's probably some in terms of you know what zone, zone you're playing or what type of are you playing zone? Are you playing man? What is your how many people are in the box? Yeah. Probably affects your ability to stop the run. I mean, there's probably things out there. Um, the data sources that I have don't get that deep into it, but okay. that's probably something you know down the line. Uh, yeah, there you go. You know, got to be thinking long to have an yeah, AI. Yeah, exactly. You? Yeah.
1: Um. All right. So then, getting into because I understand. I've played basketball and football, but I just – under I, I enjoy football more. So I understand it just more than basketball in general. Now, my dad, on the other hand, is a basketball nut. He played basketball mm. in college. He just – he loves it, you know. How do you use the analytics then in basketball? Yeah. You know, because I don't know. To me, like, yeah, you, there's certain plays that you can run, mm-hmm. you know, but – that to me basketball it seems like yeah that's a structured play that you're running, period. Uh, yeah, not so much like oh I have a a, a pass option here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or am I there, thinking about it wrong.
0: No, there's there's definite. I think the the stat gathering on like what type of play you're running or they call it sets really in basketball um, is not very um, robust. I okay. would say right because okay. that goes a lot to um the computer vision type of stuff is like i being able to identify um those really specific and unique types of plays that colleges run yeah um but they do have like this shot quality that i was referencing earlier they do a lot of good tracking on how much pick and roll ball screens does a team run hey. uh in a in a game how many okay. of their shots come off of cuts or screens Um, or is isolation or a Uh post-up, right? So they do a lot of good tracking on that, which is why I use them. Um, So you can see, like, fluctuations in, okay, we ran a lot of pick-and-roll ball screens in this game, but we shot really horribly on them, Uh, right? What was the cause of that? Um, Getting down into that hole of, like, why... (laughs) um, there's, There's a data source called Synergy Sports, which does a really good job of it, but it's, like, I'm pretty sure tens of thousands of dollars well, to you know, it's, um it's a hobby. The NBA like right. MBA teams and college teams obviously subscribe to that and yeah. and get that data. Um so from a c you know, like average Joe uh standpoint, um the the data on that is like probably not very robust. Okay. okay. So what we can do is and really there from an analytics perspective, it's it's very different basketball because there's two point values for shots on, on the court that are literally an inch apart. Right. So if your foot is on the line on the three point line, Mm -hmm. that's a two, but really all of the different factors that you might think of, like, did I catch this off a pass or off a dribble? How far the defender is away from me that the value of that shot is basically a point, uh, a point lower. Right. So There's a term called effective field goal percentage that people use, right? So a lot of people think of just in terms of raw field goal percentage, but that doesn't take into account the higher value of a three versus a two-pointer. So really all it is is you multiply it by 1.5 for every three-point field goal you make, and that gives you your effective field goal percentage. So one of the big trends in the last, call it, 20 years of – um, basketball analytics is shoot more threes because they're worth more, and your the drop in field goal percentage isn't that much so if you think of to shoot the same effective field goal percentage um at fifty percent two point shooting right I make one, I miss one, I make one, I miss one Kay. you can make one three and miss two threes and still have the same effective field goal percentage really right so if you look at the NBA, one of the biggest um, track stats is your rim and three-point three percentage rate of your total shots, hmm. right? Because if you look at all the data, the effective field goal percentage of a shot right by the hoop, call it at the rim shot, is your highest two-point shot. Okay. And then you have your threes, mm-hmm. which the farther you move back, right, the lower percentage you're going to shoot. But once you get past... The three-point line threshold and the value of that shot goes up. The loss in your raw field goal percentage drops, like, and that's where you get the effective field goal percentage. <laughs> so, so what do teams do with this? Because,
1: like, that's very indiv- Well, the way I look at it, and even in football, like, if, if you're if you have a play that's not going well, it comes down to a breakdown somewhere, whether mm-hmm. you know a, a lineman didn't block properly or, or the running back, you know. Didn't juke properly. I I don't know. Yeah. But like in basketball, what do, what does the coach do with that? Are they like, all right, now we're gonna do pick and rolls all practice long? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh,
0: it's a great question. I would love to be a fly on the <laughs> wall of those conversations of how are they looking at this data and making those decisions. Um, I think for me, when just looking at the Badgers, right, they. They're different than a lot of teams in college right now where they have what's called uh, – their offense is kind of got a name for it. It's mm-hmm. kind of championed by Bo Ryan, who was the coach before Greg Gard. Yeah. Um, it's called the swing. So it's really a motion offense that uses a lot of screens and, and pin down action. So I would be like super – if I was you know in the room with Greg Gard and talking about these things, I would be super focused on like off a of pin down action – what is our effective field goal percentage off of a cross screen? Off of you know all of these different plays that they run, what what kind of shots are we getting off of those? Where are those shots? What are, what is what is our effective field goal percentage on those shots? And like, and then asking the question, to your point, what do we need to do more of? What yeah. do we need to do less of? Mm-hmm. So,
1: so when you've got like. A, uh, touching on football again Let, let's say aaron Rodgers was in his peak performance and you know like to me it seems like that's kind of a wild card then or or, or like a steph curry who just drops yeah. every three that he throws up right yeah uh, and i don't know much about steph curry or what he does but i've heard that he just makes threes like a maniac yeah
0: he's he's the best three-point shooter of of all time
1: okay all right so they it holds true so then in terms of all that do the analytics completely get skewed? Like, if a team is prepping to go, I- he plays for the Warriors. The Warriors, yeah. yeah. So, if a team is prepping to play against the Warriors, I mean, I guess on its on its surface, you don't have to be an analytics guru to be like, oh, we need to put our best defender against <laughs> yeah. Steph Curry, right? But like, does that skew a lot of the data? When
0: well, I I think I was actually I saw a tweet. From maybe a month or two ago and it was kind of trying to ask a question like this of where has Steph Curry's shots like the the type of shot that he's getting from three has that changed over time uh, and in the early part of his career he was able to get a lot more shots off the pass okay where now I mean if you watch any of their games I mean he is getting Run ragged around the court with a guy in his hip pocket, right? They're just like suppose, his yeah. ability to shoot the catch and shoot three point shots is un, un, unheard of, unseen huh. ever in the game of basketball. He's he's the best to ever do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now he gets a lot of his shots off the dribble, right, where he can control a okay. lot of those things, and then he can get because you know in a in a screen situation when he has the ball. Right. You have to account for the role, man. Okay, um, so okay. that changes a lot of things. But he gets a lot more of his shot, his three point shots where he's handling the ball for the entire time.
1: Dude, I, with, with this hobby that you have here, you could I feel like you could sign up with any at least high school team. You know, but I guess they don't have analytics, you know, data. Well, that's
0: that's funny because I was uh, coaching high school basketball at Spokin Falls last year. Okay, I this was like this analytics stuff is really like doing it as a hobby and things like that. It's like six months old for me.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We're that far into the weeds and it's six month hobby. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it's (sighs) I I, I like actually doing it and digging into the, the data. I mean, you can see all the analytics and there's you know thousands of people who talk about it and post about it and follow that stuff but of like me personally doing it
1: i have to say though when it comes to like commentary i've listened and watched all kinds of stuff like that i have never once dove into the analytics of. but it's extreme i'm literally over here like why haven't i been studying this stuff for a while you know yeah so in terms of you though what does your future look like? Like what do you what do you want this to be? If it's if it's that new, yeah. You must still be kind of formulating, hey, what am yeah, do I doing with Yeah. I this? think
0: Joe, that's a great question that <laughs> I should be asking. Um but I think uh for me, I I don't know, I just like I watch sports all the time and, you know, always have opinions on what they sh- should they be doing, what should they not be doing like any other fan. Yep. Um and for me, this is just like a a great outlet of kind of putting that logic right the analytics behind that to make more informed opinions um so for me like a lot of it is just like making a hobby a little bit more useful in terms of like growing skills of analyzing data things that i do for my actual job yeah um but so enhance those skills uh but for like long-term vision what i would like it to be um so obviously I do the football but the basketball stuff is what I really love. Okay. Um and and part of what I've been doing is I've created a a model uh you know late. another quote unquote buzzword uh <laughs> but essentially there's uh four factors of uh, basketball statistics that you can track um that that I found can tell you like 94% of the variance in scoring margin between two teams. Okay. So you look at uh, a team's net of turnover effective field goal percentage. The the difference between team A and team B. Okay. Um so net of turnover is basically you take a sh- right. So effective field goal percentage is your sh- your shots that you make divided by the field goal attempts that you have and then you add on top of any threes that you make, you get an extra half a point because it's worth more. Okay. Um So, that's your effective field goal percentage. Got it. If you want to do it by net of turnovers, right, you add basically a turnover is essentially a missed shot. Sure. Okay. So, you add those on top of the field goal attempts and you get your net of turnover net effective field goal percentage. So, you take that into account. and Then you take what I like to call stop factor. Okay. So, (laughs) stop factor is basically you eliminating extra possessions for your opponent. Oh. And so, you're looking at... Your defensive rebounding percentage. So basically, any shot attempt or free throw attempt that can be rebounded, how many of those do you actually rebound? Mm-hmm. And then you take that divided by the raw effective field goal percentage. So basically, on shot attempts, how much are you making? Wow. And that gives you, I call it stop factor. Um, you take that for like Wisconsin's and then for their opponent. And then you take in free throw margin, right? So something that uh, th- that a lot of people overlook, but right, if you make more free throws, that's obviously a, a scoring margin. So you take all of those and you reg- regress it over, I did it over the last one and a half years of badger sport, uh, basketball. Yeah. And you can um, explain the variance in scoring margin based on those factors and the weights. Uh, at about 94% accuracy, which is pretty accurate. So going off of that, like broad strokes things that I would like to do and be better at is how do you predict those four factors? Because if you can predict those four factors at a close enough rate, Mm -hmm. uh, then you can basically predict the outcomes of games. You know where I I was going (laughs) with that, Joe.
1: Because prior to us hitting record... Uh, Austin dropped on me that he's a he's an old hat at podcasts and he's he's a professional and that it was what betting or
0: ga- yeah sports sports gambling right okay. so essentially um <laughs> So, me and, you're
1: over here like I'm going to figure out the math no, no, to no. understand <laughs> I
0: I that's kind of an old thing um but what I would like to use it for is one of the biggest sporting events in the world is March Madness. Okay, yep, yep. And college basketball. Hey-oh. So kind of one thing that I'm currently in the works on is creating like a newsletter or a, a book, call it, yeah. of doing this model and having, you know, accurate predictions of the these four factors and then basically trying to predict... All the games in March Madness to help people, you know, fill out their brackets yeah. instead of you know picking which color uniform do I like or <laughs> what mascot do I prefer is, you know, by makes
1: me wonder. You know how obviously um, the the ratings. I'm not saying it right. The ratings. Uh, the um, when a team is ranked, right. You know, it's ob- on the surface is probably by wins and losses, right yeah I, that's a big big factor but is there some of what you're talking about in that ranking system as well
0: well i think with this ken pom who i i talked about earlier a lot of the you know college basketball media people who are the voters in the ap poll um i think use ken pom as like criteria interest to how they give votes so right now if i just look up the ap poll and then look up like Palm, who's the the top ranked team um they're probably different oh right but um in terms of and the AP polls once a week this is updated after every game that's played yeah. uh and the
1: AP re- poll is driven by human beings right yep whereas Ken Palm is driven it's by it's purely data.
0: the analytics of it
1: okay and that okay that would make sense why <laughs> they'd be different
0: wow they're actually the the same team hey so the Houston Cougars uh, are the the best team by about one point nine eight in adjusted efficiency margin <laughs> yeah wow dig into that one uh, uh no, no, th- no no thanks I, no, no. <laughs> um so yeah but I think there's more and more usage of analytics and understanding right if a team plays a lot of tougher teams yeah they may be very good but they may you know based on the chaos that is sports right yeah. lose a couple of those games uh-huh. Uh-huh. where a team who plays a cupcake schedule plays nobody difficult could be maybe not that great from an analytics perspective yeah. but they have a perfect record wow do you want to rank them higher or do you want to rank the team that's Absolutely. playing against the best and still performing really well
1: interesting holy smokes austin i did not expect this coming in <laughs> i i mean I knew you did a sports blog and right away I was like, oh, commentary, you know, yeah. he's just spouting off on, you know, this given but, given takes. But you're literally like, nope, I want the facts to support what I'm about to spout off on. Yeah. Holy. smokes! <laughs> so, Austin, um, let's say around March Madness time, it's it's coming up. It,
0: it's it's fast approaching.
1: Yeah. Um, I'd like do you think it'll be ready for this year? No, I'm not saying. Oh, okay, OK. I
0: think I think what my plan is for this year is to do it.
1: Test it on yourself.
0: T- test it on myself. OK, OK. Uh, See how it performed. Uh-huh. And then like because basically after April 1st or whenever the national championship is for basketball, yep. there's a five month gap of no badger sports until the football <laughs> team plays. in yeah, in August. So. I won't have anything to write about, but I'll, like, be able to fill those with, like, deeper dive stuff into, like, really specific aspects of right. the the sports, um, basketball and football. And, like, I'll have time to dig into how do I get better at predicting these four factors based on how good is the opponent or based on these like opponents uh, from, like, how big are they, how fast are they, how fast do they play, things like that. How can I like dial in the prediction and then retest that? Like, you'll have I'll have the data to go back through and (laughs) test these assumptions. I'm I'm convinced that
1: you're either um, Nemo or you are or Nero. I'm sorry, Nero
0: or you're Sherlock
1: Holmes. You just see things differently. Joe,
0: here's the thing: I'm probably like (laughs) two percentile of ability in the sports analytics, like, and that may be generous to myself.
1: I'm gonna bump you up to a three only because of my ignorance, but uh there's
0: there's people who do they basically do what I'm getting like the end product from uh oh, I the, suppose. the stat sources, so I give a lot of like because if I could do that stuff uh-huh. i mean I could get so much more detailed into the stuff that I'm doing, so basically it's a lot of call it cookie cutter yeah, sure. data analysis yeah but still it's can, cool it's cool stuff, yeah, and there's like a lot of things that you can go into to understand mm-hmm. at a much deeper level than just looking at a standard box score. But, but dude,
1: you've only done this for six months and this is how far <laughs> you are already. I mean, you're like me with bird feeders. I just started feeding birds. And I've got like five of them now and I just got like, I'm insane. Yeah. I, I should not be getting that far into it for three weeks. Okay. Yeah. Like, dude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's 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 like with anything that you have a passion. Like my brother, he recently got into um, maple syrup, oh, so okay. um, yeah. I'm not sure what the exact term for it is. There's one, but I'm just blanking Shane on Shane Benin. Yeah, I, it I, I, yep. I know Shane does it too. Mm-hmm. Um, they should really meet and okay. <laughs> talk. I bet they could talk literally for days well, on well, end that's about easy to do with Shane. Anyways, um, but yeah, but yeah, but like the the amount of detail in. Passion that he has for that and going like to the deepest level of it is with anything uh, you're passionate about. Yeah, I'm super passionate about sports and the analytics side of it. Um, so you just like you just get to the the bottom like really quick. Oh my
1: gosh! Well, I thoroughly appreciate what you're doing here. If you wouldn't mind uh, telling the audience again, where can how do they simply just Google or or where, how do how do we get? To- uh,
0: yeah, if you. So the domain is guardyourfickle.substack.com. That's where you can find it. Okay. You type that into the Google machine. I hope it would direct <laughs> you to
1: But if they just type in like guardyourfickle, it should come up. up.
0: Maybe that's that's probably a lessons learned on a SEO type of, you yeah. know, how do I get my marketing better. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I
1: think it's pretty unique and and I I don't know. Uh, whatever. We'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But um Man, this is this is something else. I would not have thought that this is the kind of stuff that goes into what you do. But it makes total sense. I mean, I've again sat in meetings with you where you're like, yeah, I've been doing this job for about a day now. And, you know, I've got all of Riverside figured out. So we're <laughs> that's good to go. that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like it to me. Um, and you have to understand, too, like my role, all people. So it's very subjective, right? Yeah. Like it's every person has a different personality and how they're feeling that day and all the things. You are like, give me the stats. So for for me to learn from you, it, it's I don't know, it, it's something else because I my brain different work, brains, really. different yeah, brains. Yeah. So it, it's really really cool. But Austin, um, I would really appreciate if you would come back on. Once you have this March Madness. March, yeah, okay. Figure it out a little bit. It doesn't have to be during March Madness, but maybe, you know, come April, yeah, let's, May, you know. Maybe,
0: yeah, May. Okay. We'll do, let's do May. You
1: tell me. I, you know. Pe-
0: well, pe- let's do late April, right? People are still thinking about it. <laughs> um, they're like, May, what is this guy talking about college yeah. basketball for?
1: No, but, I mean, you're, you're three cubes down for me, so you, you, you know where we to can, find me. We can figure it out. Yeah, it'll be good. But uh, for now, if you wouldn't mind closing us out,
0: that would be awesome. This is Austin Madden, and you've been listening to another episode of Off the Clock, a podcast made the Johnsonville way.